0: Great coaches ask great questions. The best days at work are the days when the light bulb goes on for somebody else.
1: Welcome back to On It, Not In It with Focal Point Business Coaching of Ohio with Todd Eppert. How are you doing today, Todd? Good, Nick. How you doing today? Living the dream. First, I want to thank you so much for the last episode. That was really impactful. I think Great. that content of looking at the Rainmaker and Architect is awesome. This episode, we really want to talk about the true profit generation and what happens inside your business. I think you mentioned four different models. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, that's right. So when we look at um, our products and our services, even our customers, um, and again, we've talked about the 80-20 rule in the past, The, the um, just the fact that 80% of our customers or 20% of our customers drive about 80% of our profits. Mm-hmm. Same thing with products and services. Uh, so you can use that in this model, but to get a little bit more detailed on them, uh, what you really need to do is look at your products and services uh, and your customers and start thinking about who are my true cash cows. So who are generating all the cash in my business? It's probably 20% or drive driving 80% of your cash. Um, and then who's, are, who are my rising stars? Mm-hmm. So where am I investing my dollars to take, make those stars into my future cash cows? Okay. Right. Uh, and then the next one is those uh, question marks that I'm putting cash into. But Are they really going to turn into stars that will turn into cash cows? And then the last category, which is really hard to deal with, is the dogs. uh, Because nobody wants to feel like they have dogs, whether it's products, services, or customers, that are draining our cash.
1: We have dogs. I feel like every company probably has dogs, right?
0: Every company has dogs. So
1: how do you first identify which is which?
0: Uh, So first of all, you can look at them all financially. right? Mm -hmm. So products and services, depending on how clean and closely you track your revenues and your costs that are associated with generating those revenues, you can see what's my true margins on specific products and services. Sure, Um, You could, you know, that would help. That's one way to do it. Um, But I will often ask my clients, particularly in the dogs area, um, what are the 20% of the clients that are driving 80% of your headaches, Mm. right? Because you're putting a lot more energy and time into those folks and that costs you more money that is often not calculated Mm -hmm. into the cost of your products. So sometimes it can be a little bit softer approach as well.
1: 100%. Now, is that a difficult conversation to have with your clients?
0: Yes, it is. Uh, When you work at the small business world, uh, small business, um, you know, I think the world says small business is anything under $50 million, but... Uh, Right. A lot of businesses are somewhere between a half a million dollars and five million dollars. Right. That's really the the, I would call it the micro small world if if you look at the statistics. But still, there's thousands of those compared to the you know hundreds, compared to the tens that are in the over 50 million dollar range. But in the small business world that we're talking about, that half million to call it five million, maybe 10 million in revenue. um, A lot of times we look at our our products, our services and our customers and we feel like we have to we need them all. Because if I let go of them, what am I going to do to replace that revenue? Right. Um, so we have to really, it's, it's a tough conversation because, uh, and again, anytime you're talking to a small business owner, go back to that rainmaker entrepreneur that we talked about in the last episode that's really attached to their business. Now, if they've been working in uh, in that business for years, maybe even decades, that business is like a child to them. Mm-hmm. And when you start talking about dogs in their business, you're basically calling their baby ugly.
1: Right. No, it's <laughs> true. <laughs> and that is difficult. Especially in a lot of small businesses. It's about those personal relationships. Yes. So some of their dogs could be their best friend's neighbor. Correct. And how do you be like, hey, man, sorry, I'm firing my best friend's neighbor. Like it gets right. weird.
0: Yeah. And as your business grows, you actually can you can do this for your employees as well. Yeah. Right. It's it's the same process approach, right? There are, there are employees that drain you and there are employees that just supply you with energy. Right. right, Basically.
1: That's very interesting. So outside the identification piece, the next is addressing it. Yeah. So is that always a fire conversation or can some of those dogs be salvaged?
0: Yeah. So the question is, is what can we do to make it salvageable? Right. So dogs are probably leaning off the waterfall waiting to get pushed. (laughs) Um, you know, they're, they're, they're on the edge. The ones that are the hardest can be the question marks because we've invested dollars into them. They just haven't yielded what we thought. We've put a lot of passion and energy into them and we really have a lot of hope that they're going to finally come through. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's a, there's a great uh, concept, um, called three feet from gold. Mm. Uh, it comes from Think and grow rich, uh, Napoleon Hill old book, but we often think about the question marks as the, am I three feet from gold? Like, do I really want to give up when I'm just right? right One more there, scoop like of dirt. It is, I'm going to hit that that biggest, you know, chunk of gold that's ever been found in the history of the world. Or is it,
1: just <laughs> is it time to just
0: pull <laughs> and just throw it out the window, right? Um, so those are the two probably the – that's probably the hardest area to work on sure. is the question marks. And once you identify them, you need to figure out can I salvage this or can I not? Is there a way to pivot, which we've also talked about in former, former uh, uh, episodes, is there a way to pivot – on the service that we're offering to make it more attractive mm-hmm. to a client or the product that we're offering? Um, if, is there a way to pivot with the customer? So in other words, uh, can you eke up price maybe? And like If it's a problem customer, so one way to do it is to increase their price. And if they choose to go somewhere else, you probably wash your hands and say that's a good decision. Um, and And if they say yes, well, then maybe they can start to slide into that question mark. And if they continue to say yes, maybe they become a star and eventually become become a cash cow.
1: Right. And we've talked about this a lot in the past episodes, too. But a lot of the stumbling blocks that new entrepreneurs have is they usually price too low to get yes. that original customer base. So doing that to some past customers, you're kind of setting yourself up to have dogs because you're going to be putting more assets into them than the revenue you're returning. So, I mean, do you typically see those accounts scoff when you start raising prices and see that happen?
0: Um, so I, what I will tell you in my business model, if I start with you at a certain price, I'll keep it at that price until you leave. Right now, if you come back let's say you leave my business model and you come back 18 months later, I'll probably talk about a price increase. Hey, my prices have changed. You came in on the early days. This is how it goes. Um, and we also encourage in my business model and I, you can do this in a lot of business models, use almost like a hotel analogy or a, Mm. or a plane analogy, Right? The fuller your business gets, keep raising prices. So the new people coming in are charged more than the people that started with you. Mm-hmm. And that can help you. And then as natural things attrition out, mm-hmm. don't replace the cheap seats. Replace right? the expensive <laughs> keep seats. Keep them at right? the high expensive ones. Mm-hmm. Right? Put that's a pull on the one bottom
1: level. Do right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And now that... The activities that it takes to go from, I believe it was a star to a cash cow. Right. Is that what it was? How do you, how do you continually invest in those to get them to that cash cow status?
0: So, that's the, so really the, the, the transition point from a star to becoming a cash cow is when you stop having to invest in your star. Wow. And it just, it just turns into a cash driver rather than an investment. So it can happen at any given point, but basically when you look down and you go, oh, wow, that, that service is now generating more cash. Than I've ever seen from that service, and I'm I'm no longer investing. And
1: you're in not it. touching it anymore, right?
0: You're not touching it anymore. Huh? Right.
1: That's really interesting.
0: The danger, by the way, is sometimes if you leave the cash cows out till too long, they go away and then they hurt you. But the <laughs> the idea is to try to you know milk that cow for everything it's worth for lack of For better how long word. it works, right? right.
1: You'll right. have some twenty year cows, you'll have right. some one year cow, right. right? And then that's okay. That's yeah. what, what happens.
0: Yeah, and right. sometimes, by the way, the cash cows something happens in the industry, something happens in the economy that completely shifts your cash cow, and all of a sudden now it drops back into a question mark or maybe it goes into a star where I've got to go back and reinvest cash into it. Hmm. Um, So things do move around in the process. You should look at this on a regular basis.
1: That's very interesting. Yeah. Now, how often do you have this conversation with your clients? Is this a
0: pretty common issue that businesses deal with? So every client will have this conversation at some point. Really? Yeah. Every client. Um, and when you're super small, I'm not going to talk to you about it right yeah because if I tell you, hey, you got this dog, we probably need to think about what are we gonna to do to either price them up or price them out um, and there it's they have five clients that's a non-starter right right I what am I gonna do with that income where does it where how am I gonna
1: where's the revenue right, right? Where,
0: where am i going to replace that right revenue? you can even
1: say like you're in a negative profit for this but right like, yeah but i need the revenue right. right
0: it's when the business is growing and things are going well and things are starting to move in the right direction these conversations are much easier because everybody knows they have difficult customers they have products and services that aren't generating enough cash and that's a place when you're okay it's time to you know cut the bad trash off and let the healthy stuff grow
1: it's brilliant it's Very interesting. Yeah. I think more companies need to hear that and understand that because that's <laughs> not universally known. I don't
0: think. Well, I, again, uh, I, I've said this in the other as well, but uh, you know, good coaches ask good questions, sure. That's a good question to ask your client. That's a really so good So, let's point. take we've done the 80 20 now. If we look at that 20 that's driving the 80 percent of our problems, mm-hmm. or we look at the 80 that are not driving enough profit because the 20 mm-hmm. is driving really 80 percent of the profit, um. Let's start to categorize those and really look at those. Right. Do we want to invest in them? So are they question marks or are they stars? And they're just not quite to the cash cow status yet. Right. Or are they truly dogs? And then when you look at the dogs, um, and by the way, this goes back into my corporate days. Um, I actually remember having a conversation around a board table where I, almost, I, I thought I was gonna get shot by the head of sales. Um, I literally asked the head of sales if our biggest revenue customer was really a valuable customer. I, because when we looked, when we did the math, the
1: amount of assets, all
0: you're of the about. assets that we were putting into that customer, and then you look at the margin and the dollars it was driving, it was at best a break even, uh, a, a break even relationship. So we were, it was a question mark for me. We it was a recipient of cash from us, and it wasn't generating enough profit for us from mm. my perspective. Mm. Now, in the world that I worked in, it was really nice to hang that big name on your board to say right. we work with big companies like. X, Y, Z. Right. right. So that's the intangible side of, you know, is there value to the customer that's not necessarily a dollar value? It's an intangible right. asset.
1: Right. No, that's very interesting. And I've asked you this question in the past episodes, too, it comes down to the fear aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So if I was your client and you're telling me that my number one company, in terms of revenue production, is sucking up all my resources, and because of that, they're actually a dog, me to shoot the dog, right? How do you get people past that fear?
0: So first of all, we don't start with that conversation, right? Right. You start
1: with building the transaction report.
0: Yeah. By the time we've gone through to this level with a client, um, we've got some clarity around what they really want to do in their business. Right. What business are you really in? Who should you really be working for? Who are your ideal target clients? Who are you going after? We've gone through the Pareto analysis. We've looked at the eighty <laughs> twenty rule. We've looked at time, um, like what's really where are you sink in your time. Is it really valuable time spent, or are you doing the the bottom level feeder kind of a time conversations. And Mm -hmm. so when we get to this level, then we can start talking about, okay, let's talk about this customer that, you know, you say uh, is spent, you're spending all this money on and and it's equal to the revenue it's generating. Let's say as an example, well, why is it costing so much money? Mm -hmm. What kind of resources are we putting into? Okay. Well, this is a customer that, you know, um, they call me every single day and they complain about everything all the time. Okay, well let's let's talk about your people. Who has to deal with that customer? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say it's Nick. Nick has to deal with that customer. Well, how's Nick's demeanor at the end of the day when he has to deal with this difficult customer? Do you think it's fair that Nick has to get bludgeoned every day by this terrible customer? So are they really worth the revenue when you're gonna potentially lose Nick? Right, if we get rid of attention. that poor customer, how much more effective could Nick be? So it, it starts to become a trade off conversation rather than a just eliminate conversation.
1: Hmm. That's very interesting. Now, you've, you've kind of gone back and forth with two different analogies. You said both a company, so a company can be a dog and everything too, but also you said a service can be as well inside of your business. So looking at that, how do you help companies identify if it's not a customer, but it's this product line or this service or something that's internal? How do you have that conversation? Uh,
0: again, it, it, if you first and foremost, I'd like to do the financial analysis to see, is it really generating cash or is it eating cash? Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to do that, we may have to take the P&L and look at, take a month and look at the really detailed transactions that are going into your P&L. Mm-hmm. Like how much revenue did that service generate? And then let's talk about all of the people and the machines or whatever it is mm-hmm. that are, that are they're going into the cost structure for that product mm-hmm. or that service. Mm-hmm. They're touching it. Um, and then we can look at it and say, uh, let's split it up. And so um, I'll often start doing that with clients early on as I start looking at their P&Ls. Um, you know, no offense to small business owners, but small business owners, when they first start, it's... Here's what I got paid revenue. Here's what everything went out as cost. And oftentimes their books aren't real clean. And so we may have to go through and we may have to categorize and say, hey, let's start to capture data on the fact that this is a commercial and this is an industrial and this is a whatever service. Uh, And then we can start to look at that stuff
1: and start to analyze and go from there.
0: And And you get some tangible results on it, which makes the conversation easier Um, and you can start to look at we have all of these resources. Once you know those things, we have all of these resources dedicated to this service Mm -hmm. that's kind of dying out. Mm -hmm. So the question really is, is what happens when that service does die out? Mm -hmm. What do we do with all of those resources? Because in today's world, what happens is people get let go, Mm -hmm. right? We close offices. We reduce headcount. We do those things to, you know, we do a riff, a reduction in force. Um, Well, if we recognize that this is a dying service model that's maybe not generating enough cash and we can retool those players and put them into something that goes better and we can get more business in the service that actually generates cash not only do we make the business more healthy but we actually keep our good employees and we keep our good processes and our good things involved in the business
1: that's brilliant to dig it down one step further can it be an employee do you see employees following those four categories as well
0: um, yeah. I mean, I do. Yeah. I do. So you ever <laughs> just like, that's a dog right there. Yeah. And it's, for me, it's actually three categories. Generally, in any workforce, you have performers, you have what I would call the draggers, and then you have everybody in the middle, which are kind of the followers. Okay. And again, when I'm working with, uh, with clients and I'm doing uh, coaching and things like that, it's where are you spending your energy? Mm-hmm. Um, and so oftentimes, by the way, we can't ignore any of those groups. Right, sure. So we shouldn't ignore the draggers, but we also shouldn't ignore the performers.
1: And it's very tempting to do so.
0: Right, because they just do their jobs. Right, you're doing right? great. High five, right. keep going. So think about this cycle. I, I need to continue to put some cash into my performers to make sure that they stay performers <laughs> and they know they're important. The people in the middle, are they going to move more towards performer? Or are they going to they moving towards dragger? And how do I turn their course? And if they're the dragger, if they're the bottom of the barrel, what do I do with them? Are they are they such a valuable asset? In other words, can they fog a mirror in some cases, right? Or do I need to get rid of that person because they're hurting my business at a deeper level? It's the same sure. conversation with a customer. Sure.
1: That's very interesting. And that's a very hard conversation to it, have. It is right? a very hard conversation because you're talking about people now. Right. And instead of it being this massive thing. And you, you were a COO for a long time. Mm-hmm. And for a couple of very, very large companies when you were having those board meeting conversations, were these universally expressed terms? If you went to a CEO and say, look, this is your star client, this is your cash cow versus this is a dog, was that commonality? I mean, is that something people should be prepared for if they continue to climb that ladder?
0: Yes, we actually did have conversations like that. So we would do product analysis. We would look at that. Where do they fall into these boxes? They might use different words. uh, But yeah, cash cows is pretty constant, pretty consistent. Dogs are pretty consistent. Um, you know, maybe the stars and the questionable ones, uh, might change names, but you're going to have, every business recognizes that they have products and services that are driving cash that are cash cows. Mm-hmm. And every business recognizes that they have things that are, that are eating more cash than they're generating. But why it's does dogs. everyone
1: hate dogs? Dogs are great. They're fantastic <laughs> animals, but yes, that's a heartbreaker. They look like at the short end of the stick. So outside of the profit generating activities and the IPAs and looking at those four different categories or theory in terms of employees, what else do you typically see when you have these conversations with clients? Anything else typically come up?
0: No, these are the focus areas that I would use this kind of analysis for is products, services, customers, employees. Those are really the four areas, and candidly, the employees would be the last one I would talk about. Really, it's it's really about because um, can't it's it's hard to tie specific profits tangible things to employees Mm -hmm. you can do it with customers you can do it with products and you can do it with services through your financials
1: and I found it's, it's easy to do with the producers. You brought in this amount of money. This is your revenue. Here's how much you cost me. You're doing great. 400% margin. But the admin staff on the back end of that's supposed to be supporting that producers, it's like, how do you monetize that? How do you it's not as it tangible. Right. That's exactly. interesting. That's a really good perspective for it, too. Anything else you want to talk about with that
0: element? No, that's great. Go out and do your analysis and pick your, tick your, pick your quadrants, right? Oh, it's not going to be pretty. I want to tell you right now, Todd. <laughs> yeah. And do it. By the way, I would tell you, do it with some thought. Don't just throw darts at the wall.